What's going on, everybody? My name is Stefan Coons, and I'm the owner and CEO of Pursuit Health and Performance. And this is the Everyday Pursuit podcast, right? It's the Everyday Pursuit, but obviously it's a podcast. Um, got my coffee here. This is super early in the morning. So if I'm a little bit slower than I normally am, uh, I'm trying. My brain is not firing on all cylinders right now, but we're still going to get into it because I have to get these recorded before the weekend. Um, all right, guys, we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting. Uh, really, really interesting approach to nutrition. And before I dive in, okay, I, I want to just lay some basic groundwork on nutrition because I don't want, I mean, like, hopefully you're wanting to know how intermittent fasting can work into your lifestyle. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you my own experience and experience with clients. We're going to get to that, but I want to, I want you to understand, okay. I've, I've coached so, 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 so many people with nutrition and there's people that are smarter than me when it comes to nutrition, but this is something that I think some people that are, have all the education and, you know, masters in nutrition and dietetics or whatever, they might not understand. Some of them do. I've, I've you know, I've friends with great, great coaches, uh, but they don't understand that nutrition really comes down to like what somebody's willing to do. Sure. Scientifically, there's like best diets. I think like this is probably the best way. If we just look at like a population, I'll give you kind of what I think maybe a best diet is. I think people that do like some type of intermittent fasting with paleo is the best way to go. Now, that's just, I look at like people that are super fit, that do CrossFit, that do all types of types of training. And I feel like that's the, the best way. I've been a huge fan of paleo for years um, because I just think it's such a clean diet for weight loss specifically. It's probably not the best for muscle gain because paleo is just meats, nuts, fruits, and veggies. Um, and if you do it right, it's like keto with fruit, right? Um, and the thing is, I do think most people, even when you're burning, trying to burn fat, you need carbs. The fruit doesn't keep you as full as something like an oatmeal or a sweet potato. So I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a loose paleo person for myself like most of the day. Um, so there, there are, I think there, there's some really strong arguments for like best nutritional approaches but they really have to do with the types of food you're eating, right? And I think most coaches or nutrition specialists would say, yes, whole clean foods are the best, right? Like sweet potatoes and fruits and vegetables and animal meat, like those, you know, those things are the best for you. The more you can get away from processed stuff, the better, right? Like, I don't think many people would argue that. So it's not really that it's better than another diet in a way, but you are getting better foods and cleaner foods. And the more whole foods you can eat, the less processed foods you're gonna crave. If you eat processed foods, you're gonna crave processed foods. And we know that processed foods aren't the worst thing in the world, but they are higher in calories and higher in macros. And so, you know, it's very easy to overeat when you're eating processed foods. It's hard to overeat on paleo. Trust me, I've tried it. You could do it, but, if, if you're really just eating meats, nuts, fruits, and vegetables, for most people, it's hard. And I know because I've trained hundreds of people that have done a paleo-style diet, and they're like, man, I'm just not hungry. It's actually hard for them to hit their calories. If you're trying to lose weight, that could be a good thing. Anyways, 
Intermittent fasting. Okay. A long time ago, like 2019, I did intermittent fasting for six months and I experimented with all types of feeding windows. So a feeding window is basically when you're eating and then, you know, throughout a 24 hour period. And basically the most popular one is a 16 and eight. That basically means that for 16 hours, you're not eating, you're fasting. And when you're fasting, you can have no calories. Now, this is what my recommendation would be. Don't do a lot of zero, sorry, allergies are bad too. Don't do a lot of zero calorie stuff. Um, and what I mean by that is a lot of people do like the zero calorie sodas or the zero calorie um, uh, like BCAs and stuff like that. I don't think that sends the same signals to your body that you're fasted. I think drinking like black coffee, um, you know, green or black tea and water, like that's it nothing else. Um, I could tell when I did it, this is my personal experience is like, I, I, and I would do like some carbonated water and stuff like that to keep me full, but like no, no sweeteners, no artificial sweeteners, because I do think those have an, an effect. Like I could feel it. Like I would be, you know, um, hungry and then like drink a diet Coke and sure, maybe some of the carbonation would help, but I felt like my body I felt like it was like releasing insulin. And I know there are people saying, oh, this doesn't affect your blood sugar. There's been a lot of research um, showing that like artificial sweeteners can actually have your body secrete like insulin sensitive hormones, um, which could be not a great thing and could kind of take you out of a fasted state. So I just like to, and then, and you'll try it. If you don't believe me, go try it. Go do a 24 hour fast. And then throughout the day, drink like even non-carbonated drink, like, you know, uh, Gatorade sugar-free and all this other sugar-free gum and all this. Tell me like, it's not easier than when you do fasting. You want fasting to be kind of difficult. You want your body to be in a little bit of a stress state. So it has to burn fat for energy. Like that's why most people fast. There's also some health benefits like cell autophagy basically means your cells are like repairing and recycling quicker. Uh, because they're not so, your body's not so busy, um, basically like processing your food. So it has the ability to break down the cells and regenerate. And then obviously digestion, because you're not always eating, always eating, always eating, and it can improve insulin sensitivity. So there's some health benefits, but I would say most of the clients that I talk to are looking to do intermittent fasting because they want to get shredded. Okay. So intermittent fasting, when I did it, I did the 16 and eight. I basically skipped breakfast and ate a uh, late lunch. I think I ate from like two to 10 PM. Now I like eating late at night. Even now it's something that is it, like, I don't want to say important to me, but I sleep really well. If I eat dinner at like five and try to go to bed at nine or 10, I get really hungry right before I go to bed. And then I feel like I have to eat literally last minute. Um, even when I would eat from like two to 10, I'd go to bed at 10. I wouldn't eat necessarily at 10, maybe like nine. Um, so it was pretty close within, within my bedtime, but I wouldn't crush a huge meal. I'd just kind of be light snacking up until then. But again, I go to sleep. People go, oh, you're eating, you know, right before you go to bed. Isn't that bad? No, that's bro science. Like you could, you could eat the same amount of macros right before you go to bed or right when you wake up and you're going to be the same body fat. There's tons of studies that have proved this feeding time, like the actual time of day you eat doesn't matter because it's all relative. Like, cool. You eat right before you go to bed, one meal, let's say it was a 2000 calorie meal. And yeah, when you wake up, you're going to be super full. Like that's going to still be in you digesting, 
but then you're not eating all day till 10 p.m. What do you think is happening then? The same processes. You get what I'm saying? Like it's all relative. Um, and so I like eating a little bit later at night. I feel like in the morning, especially because I drink coffee and stuff like that, I can kind of suppress my appetite a little bit. But it also matters your training when your training window. So way back when I would like eat from two to 10, I'd wake up at six. And this is where I messed up. I'd go from like six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. And then I'd work out from like maybe like noon to two, let's just say like a two hour window. And then I would break my fast for a post-workout meal. But man, my workouts were rough. Like I felt very low and I was on a cut too because you can't do intermittent fasting and be at the same, at be in your maintenance calories because you still won't lose weight. So you are at a deficit, right? So I was at a deficit. Intermittent fasting just makes a deficit easier because you don't have all day to get in your calories. And I'm going to touch on that in a second. So I messed up because I would sit there and basically fast for six hours, then work out, right? And I'm, I'm working out during my fasted period instead of my feeding period. And I was like, man, I have no energy, like, holy crap. And so it defeated the purpose because I was working out at like a five out of 10 intensity and what I'm capable of versus a 10 out of 10, all right? And if I would have just had like a bowl of oatmeal or something before I went, I would have been completely fine. So I started to not like intermittent fasting because I wasn't doing it right. So I realized after doing that for like a month that this was not working. And I had a buddy at the time. This is like right when I started my business, basically like way back when. Um, so maybe it wasn't even 2019. He said, he said, Hey, you know, I, I don't know why you're working out like when you're fasted, dude. Why don't you just like eat your first meal like at, at two and then work out at four? Now, I couldn't just because of my schedule, but he's like, or just any time in your feeding window. So that's, I'm like, okay, let me try that. So I basically fasted all the way till two, right? I mean, I was fasted till noon, but I started to work out, right? So fasted all the way till two. And then I would eat a really big meal at two. And then at like five or six, I would work out from like, let's say six to seven. And then I would get back and like 7.30 to 10, I would eat. So really I'm eating two meals, right? I was eating two meals that were about, a, about like 11 to 1200 calories each, right? I'd eat one at like two-ish and one at 7.30-ish. And the one at 7.30-ish was my post-workout because I'd come home do my post-workout. Usually I do like a shake and some fruit. I'd wait an hour and then eat another meal and then do some snacking. Now you might be like, oh, that sounds awesome. Well, here's kind of what I liked and didn't like about intermittent fasting. I'm going to give you my personal opinion and then what I've seen coaching tons and tons of people on it. Um, I didn't like the food choices that I was making. And I see this a lot. If you're If you have 2,500 calories to get in, and you have all day, right? Let's say you have like a, the opposite, 16 hours to eat and eight hours to fast while you're sleeping, right? Let's just say that's what you're doing. So it's the opposite of, of, of what you would be doing, right? It's still a 16 and eight, but you're actually doubling the feeding window, right? And cutting down the fasting window in half. So that's what most people do, right? They sleep for seven to nine hours, mostly probably six to seven hours. And they're kind of snacking before they go to bed. A lot of people, 
and they usually get something to eat. A lot of people say they, they skip breakfast unintentionally, or maybe they don't like breakfast, which you could use that in your intermittent fasting, but I digress. So what happens though, is you have a short window and you realize like, for, for my example, I could have ate 400 calories for my pre-workout meal, maybe 500 calories and had a great workout. That means I still have 2000 calories when I get back from 7.30 to 10, which is like what, two and a half hours. So guess what I could eat? Anything I wanted. I could go to McDonald's. I could eat ice cream. I could do, dude, it doesn't matter. Chips and all this crap. I could eat whatever low quality food I want and still hit my macros. In fact, I'd probably be under. Awesome, right? And a lot of people do intermittent fasting because they want to abuse that. They go, oh, I can have more than what I want. Or maybe they're, they think that like, I can't do chicken, broccoli, and rice. So if I do intermittent fasting, I could like fast most of the day and then I could have my Wendy's burger and my uh, Frosty. Yes, that is actually true. But I want to ask you a question. If, you know, if you weren't intermittent fasting, would you eat a Wendy's burger and a Frosty? Well, no, probably not. I'd probably be over my calories. So that is what I noticed. I was trading out high quality food for lower quality processed food because I could. And it was kind of fun. It was kind of cool to see me eating like cereal and eating like a 14 year old again and uh, like still getting the body I wanted, but I didn't feel good. And just because macros play a portion, they maybe play like 70, just arbitrary number, like 70%, I would say, of like the way your body looks. But the other 30% when it comes to nutrition is actually from food quality, right? Like unless you're the 0.00001% of genetics that have just shredded no matter what you eat, for most people, myself included, I can tell from the quality of food. I've gone weeks where I just ate crap food and I know I was in within my macros and I like just didn't look as tight. I didn't look as full. I definitely didn't feel the same, which means if I feel lower energy and I feel sluggish and cruddy, do you think that I'm performing the same at the gym? No. If I'm not performing the same at the gym, I'm not breaking down my muscles as much. I'm not burning as much calories, which means I'm not actually accomplishing what I'm going to the gym for, right? It's just, it's everything in fitness has a like a butterfly effect and a snowball effect where it just rolls into the next thing. So it has an effect. And the other thing is I worked at a coffee shop at that time while I was doing training, grinding two jobs, going to school. And I was very lethargic. Like it was extremely challenging for me to like get through. I mean, the first couple hours of my shift, I was okay. But the last half I was like, all I could think about was food. So for me, it just like, wasn't super conducive. I, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, but it wasn't super conducive. Then I kind of just got this notion of like, well, why can I just change it? Like, what if I just skipped breakfast and I did like, uh, you know, uh, 10, 12, right? Like, could I do our, our 10, 14, could I do that? And I'm like, sure. Like in my head, I'm having this conversation. I'm like, yeah, just try that. So I did, and that worked a lot better for me. Now that wasn't something that I looked up that was like, oh, if you do a 10, 14, dude, it doesn't matter. You, you, there's no like actual rules you have to do with fasting. You can just kind of do what you want. And I felt like when I did that, it was, I didn't have to gorge myself within a small amount of time. It gave me two more hours, which felt like a lot for me. Yes, my fasting window wasn't as long, but I felt like I woke up. I wasn't hungry in the morning. And this is a problem with a lot of people that go, but I'm not hungry. 
And then so because they're not hungry, mostly because they're not working out, because if you worked out the day before you pro and you didn't overeat, you'd probably be hungry within the first hour of waking up. If you're not, probably have a slower metabolism or damaged metabolism due to who knows what, under eating, um, lack of physical activity, but you should relatively be hungry in the morning. If you're just not a morning breakfast person, then whatever, skip it. But um, you should get hungry before lunch, right? If you go seven, eight hours without eating and you're not hungry, that's a red flag. There's something there. Um, so I started doing that and I really liked that for a very, very, very long time. But eventually I reverted back because I'm a breakfast person for sure. And then after that, I kind of just got out of the whole like intentional fasting thing. And I basically did like a 12-12 uh, where I fasted for 12 hours. So basically the first four hours I woke up, it, it was, it was intentional because I would eat breakfast, but it was a later breakfast, a later lunch and a later dinner. And I did that for like a year and that was really good. I mostly did that for my digestive system. I felt like because I was eating so much protein that it was really, really challenging and, you know, kind of, kind of just like hard for my body to digest. So I wanted a pretty extended period where I wasn't having anything come in and my body could just relax and rest. Now on to my clients. Okay. At pursuit, we coach so many people that do intermittent fasting. And I actually think it's one of the most useful lifestyle nutrition tools you can use for somebody because you actually don't have to have them really change much at all. Um, for example, I had this client, I have this client. And when he first started training with me, his biggest fear around nutrition is that I was going to make him eat boring, the same stuff every day, fish, tuna, chicken, veggies, rice, like, you know, bodybuilding style stuff. And he was just like, I don't want to do that, dude. That's like, that's part of the reason I've never started anything. That's just like such a turnoff to me. I like eating wings and I like going out and doing all this stuff. And this was a big guy, you know, he had 70 pounds to lose uh, plus. And I said, all right, well, what if we just like, did time restrictive eating, you know, AKA intermittent fasting, AKA IF. I was like, basically you eat the same things you're eating at first, right? Like, of course, as a coach, it would make me so happy to see this person just eat all whole clean foods, right? And, and cut out the processed shit. The reality is it's not going to happen. And it's probably, and especially overnight, eventually they could start trading out some, some options, but this is a process. This is not an overnight thing. What can be an overnight thing is telling the person, Hey, you can have the same foods. We're going to adjust the portion sizes a little bit, but you can still have it. You can still have it. So instead of like 10 wings, can you do six, maybe seven? Sure, I could do that. Cool. I just want you to wait to eat it, right? And so for this person, we did a 16 and eight. Really helpful, right? He didn't like breakfast anyway, so perfect. Check. Awesome. Intermittent fasting is going to do pretty good for you because you don't want to eat in the morning anyways. Awesome. And then I still let him eat everything that he wanted to eat. Yes, he was training hard in the gym, I didn't tell him anything about really anything besides you got to hit your calorie goal and your protein. And part of the reason is like, again, you could do intermittent fasting, but if you're way off on your macros, then you're never going to get the body composition you want, right? The body fat and the muscle. So it does matter. You can't just intermittent fast. It's intermittent fasting, hitting your macros, but intermittent fasting just makes your hitting your macros easier, right? Or, and, and, and especially in a deficit, right? Because if you're telling somebody, yeah, you have 16 hours to spend all this money at the store, you know, like they're going to spend it. If you're like, hey, you're only here for two hours, you got to spend all this money. Oh man, that's like they're rushed, right? They might not even be able to spend all of it or do all the shopping. So that's the idea, right? 
the idea is it's just a little more difficult for that person to eat as much because we're basically putting a time cap on it. And yes, you could abuse it if you want and you can go binge and eat crappy food if you want. But for most of these people, when they first fast, right, their stomach has started to shrink throughout the day. So go back to my example, because he was eating basically the same time frame that I was. He eats it too. And his stomach has shrank a little bit. It's like not, you know, enlarged from just eating. And so he eats and he's like immediately full from a small meal. Well, what if he like didn't train? Let's just say pretend he didn't train that day. Then he eats at two and he's like, oh man, like I'm pretty full. And then he doesn't really eat again till like five or six, maybe as like a, a, a smaller snack. And then maybe at, 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 at like a late dinner, like a eight, he eats a huge meal. Okay. So this guy just ate like one meal and two snacks throughout the whole day. You think he's in a deficit? Yes, for sure. Right. Probably. I hope so. Unless he just crushed like a buffet style meal. But that's the whole point is like it, it works out from a physiological standpoint and from a time standpoint. And for a lot of people, and, and we deal with this a lot because we train a lot of veterans and first responders and medical professionals, and they work long shifts and they don't necessarily get lunches and the options of food are not good. So we train a lot of nurses and they're like, there's always shitty food at my work, donuts and all this and whatever. And then when people go out to eat, they go get Panera and they go get, you know, whatever, Chipotle, which is not a a terrible option depending on what you get, but like, oh, they go get all this food and I just, I go with them or I, you know, I, I go get fast food because it's quick. Why don't you just not eat at work? Now, if you're working 12 or 14 hours, that could be hard, but why don't you just like take one meal to work and that's all you need? Because let's say you show up to work and my wife's a nurse, she works 12 hours. So if you show up at six, don't eat breakfast, okay? Then halfway through your shift, you hide somewhere, <laughs> I'm sure if you're a nurse, you'll appreciate this. You hide somewhere and you eat your meal, right? And then when you get off work at six and you go to bed at 10 or whatever, you go to bed at, that's when you just eat basically for four hours when you get home. You just have like a bunch of food, right? So like systematically, that would re work really well for somebody that's super busy that doesn't have time or like a set lunch intermittent fasting can actually be really beneficial. Cause if you told that person to get in five meals a day, um, or even a four, they're like, dude, that's literally unrealistic. Like I could eat breakfast before I leave, I guess. And I basically can't eat all day at work and then I eat dinner. So they're only doing two meals a day. They're doing like almost fasting while they're at work. So they're doing a 12, 12, but that fasting period is while they're at work for some people. Now I wouldn't suggest that I would try to put in your sleep for your fasting period, but you could do that. Um, another one some people have done is a 20 and four, but I think the more you get into like stretching out your uh, fasting window and shortening your feeding window, you're forcing yourself to gorge. You really are like, you can't get in 20, 2,500 calories of whole clean food in a four hour window without making yourself sick. Like you can't do it. You have to eat shitty stuff that is very high in calorie, right? Unless you just sat there and ate like spoonfuls of peanut butter, which I highly do not suggest. So like, you're not going to get in that many calories. Anyway, if you do, your macros are not going to be right. And there's also something called protein assimilation. So you might've heard like, oh, you can only process 30 grams of protein every three hours. It's not really like that. Like your body will process whatever you want, but the most effective way is like 30 to 50, 30 to 50 grams of protein, depending on your body size and muscle, like it's a lot of factors. 
every like three to three ish hours, three to four hours. So that's another thing. If you're doing a four hour window and you get in 210 grams of protein in four hours, I just don't think it's going to be as effective for, for protein synthesis, synthesis and muscle gain. Now there is something I have to tell you though. Fasting makes your growth hormone levels way higher, secrete more from your pituitary, and it creates more activation in what's called the mTOR pathway, which is basically a pathway that's inhibited where you're, are not inhibited, activated where your muscle growth is more during that period of time, right? But there, there's also some conflicting research showing like, oh, the more growth hormone you have can lead to like diseases. Like you don't really want, because growth hormone I know like in the, if you heard of the bodybuilding industry, it's like, oh, you get all jacked and you get big. Yeah, but it means everything's big. So your liver gets bigger, your heart gets bigger. Um, if you did have cancerous cells, those could get bigger. Like, you know, like everything grows, which seems good and growth hormone's not bad, but after a certain age, you stop secreting it as much for a reason. So, you know, it, it, it's not terrible, okay? There's some benefits to fasting for sure. But I think like long-term for me, I'm not a big fan of it. Now, I think a 16 and eight, right? Or a 12 and 12, you're completely fine. I don't think you're really doing like secreting as much. I'm talking about when you're doing 24, 48 hour fast, that's when you're going to secrete a lot more um, growth hormone and have a lot more mTOR pathway activation. The body works like that because it's a survival mechanism, right? We want every advantage when we don't have the advantage, right? So when we don't have food, our body wants to do some amazing things and do things like produce ketones and give us energy or make sure that we're releasing more growth hormones so we don't shrivel away and die, right? So it, it can be beneficial. Like I said, I think it's really beneficial for a lifestyle more than anything else, like depending on your job or if you're like not a breakfast person, but you have to be really careful. You still have to plan out your meals. You still have to plan out your macros. You, you will be able to eat bigger meals. And I think your meals will be more satisfying, which is what happened to my client. By the way, he lost like 40 pounds, dropped like, I don't know, I think like 18% body fat, gained muscle. He didn't really change his diet that much. The only thing I kind of had to make a concession. I'm like, bro, you got to get in more protein and you're not doing it from what you're eating. So I have to, you have to do some shakes. You got to do some protein shakes. And he's like, deal, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do that. So besides like actually adding, I didn't take away. I added food in. He ate the same thing. He did adjust portion sizes, but every day that I talked to him, he's like, I feel full. I feel satisfied. I feel like I like what I eat. So how long do you think that individual could stick with that program? For a long time, forever, right? He says he likes it. He's satisfied. He's full and he likes the food he eats. Don't we all want that, Right. But a lot of people assume that if you like get on a diet or you have a type of, you know, eating or whatever you want to call it, nutritional plan, that it's going to suck and it's going to be boring and it's not going to be the way you want it, which is not true, right? So intermittent fasting, I like because it's easier to hit your macros, okay? It is, uh, except protein, right? Like, and, and I will say, let me, I want to actually throw this in there. For some people, it's harder. If I had a client that was like, I'm a big under eater. I would never put them on intermittent fasting. Part of the reason is if they're under eating when they have freaking 16 hours, 17 hours to eat, do you think that they're going to hit their calories when they have half the time? Hell no, right? So you got to look at the individual, right? If the, 
if the person is like over on their carbs and over on their fat, but under on their protein, which is very, very, very common for people that we coach when they first come in, then sure, because I can shrink the time that they're eating the carbs and the fat. And then all I say is like, hey, as soon as you break your fasting window, I want you to crush like a 50 gram protein shake. And before you go to bed, okay, just literally protein and water, two scoops, two scoops or whatever, two and a half scoops, however much your protein powder is. And that's a hundred grams right there. And then you just have to eat like 50, depending, let's say the person's 175 pounds. You just have to eat 75 grams of protein in between that window. Now that is like, you know, it works for some people. It is harder to hit your protein. I'm gonna tell you right now, like you probably won't feel super full, but for somebody like me that really enjoys eating and I can very easily overeat and I like being full, like I'm super fat kid at heart, I like that because I want to be able to eat. And I actually don't like like the small meal thing, which I tried for years too, because I felt like it was enough to like initially curb my appetite. But then two or three hours later, I was hungry again. And I would never throughout the day was satisfied. And I felt like my whole day revolved around food. I was like, what am I eating next? What am I eating next? I'd like set alarms, like a, like literally like a bodybuilder, like, oh, I have to eat every two or three hours. That's not true. I actually was leaner doing intermittent fasting. And I was, I, I was able to eat more foods that I enjoyed doing intermittent fasting after I had by like six months of, of eating like a 14 year old and binging, I realized, okay, like I, I could do this same thing. It's going to be a little more difficult, but eat foods that are, are cleaner. And I really transitioned to like fattier foods. Like I was eating, but like healthy, I was eating like grass fed beef, but like 85, 15. So it had a lot of fats, but higher quality fats. I was doing throwing in like some keto snacks in there to get in my fats. Um, I was using coconut oil to cook my chicken, right? Instead of like just the chicken. So I was getting in calories somehow. I would eat a lot of oatmeal. I still eat a lot of oatmeal. Um, I would eat rice. I mean, like all types of things, but I would, I would have like at the end of the day, almost every day I would have like some ice cream and some dessert and I would add it in. But again, that's like 15% of the calories of from, from junk food and 85 from really high quality foods. So, you know, it worked for me. It works for a lot of our clients. Um, I think if you're going to start, start small, start on a 12, you might even be doing a 12, 12 and 12, right? If you're, if you're skipping breakfast, you're probably doing a 12 and 12, drag it out a little bit longer, but only do it if you're an overeater. And if you don't know, like, well, I'm, and don't say, well, I'm fat. So I'm overeating. That's not true. Like, and, and, and this is why if you're gaining fat, you are in a caloric surplus. You have to be, but if you're gaining fat, it could be, even though you're not eating a lot, cause this is what happens, right? People sit there and they don't eat enough, right? And it's usually they overeat on carbs and fats and they undereat on their protein, but they don't eat enough calories. So let's say somebody like me, I'm 180 pounds. And I'm supposed to be eating, let's just say like 2,700 calories or 2,600 calories, but I'm eating 1,800 because we see that a lot, like really pretty low deficit or maybe like 2,000. And then they forget to eat one day. So they went to more deficit and then the other day they kind of overate, whatever, but they're in like a thousand calorie deficit. You can only be in a deficit like that for so long. So what happens is your metabolism will start to slow down. Well, it slows down so much that anything you now, let's just say your metabolism slowed down to where instead of, you know, using all 2,700 calories, it's only using the 2000. 
So you go out and you eat pizza with your friends and you eat 2,700 calories. Okay, well now your body's not used to it. It's metabolism slowed. So all the extra that you ate gets stored as fat or most of it. Like that's kind of how the body works. So a lot of like fat people, uh, air quotes here, are actually under eating. I know, it blow, like it blows my mind. And I'm not saying they're under eating their whole life and they got fat. I'm saying when I get to coach them, they have been under eating for so long. And usually what happens, this is weird about the body, is they overeat, they overeat, they overeat, they overeat, they overeat, they get fat, right? Which I'm just, this is just a general, I'm not even putting numbers out there, right? Whatever you consider fat, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. And then they go, oh crap. And they stop eating less. And what they don't know is, especially if you have like 40 pounds to lose, is the first week, it probably starts to work. You're like, oh, the scale's going down. I have less glycogen. I'm holding on to less water. I, but, you know, I have less food in my stomach. So the scale is telling me something, right? Which they're probably losing muscle too. And they don't know because the scale is not a good measuring tool really. But they get on the scale and they're like, oh, this is working. And then so they keep eating less and they keep eating less. But what they don't know is that the body's extremely adaptive. And then if you keep eating less, your body starts to perform it less and slow down the metabolism because losing weight is tricking your body. Like being shredded and jacked is tricking your body because your body, most people, it's not super conducive to have a low body fat and a lot of muscle because muscle is very calorie expensive. It is a, is a huge cost to keep up and having no fat on you means you have like a no preserve. So that's not good. Like I, for most people, that's not a best survival mechanism at all, okay? So your body's kind of fighting against that. And when you do, I mean, basically like, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> when, when, you, when you fast, right, and you sit there and, and, and take away like all this food from your body, right? And, and I know these people aren't intentionally fasting, okay? But- they are, right? They're like not eating for a certain amount of time or, or or maybe even being in a huge deficit. You will slow down your metabolism. And then when they come to me, they're like, hey, I'm eating 1800 calories a day. And this is what blows their mind. I go, okay, well, my ultimate goal in the next six months is to get you up to 2600 calories. And they go, look at me, jaw drops. Dude, I'm trying to lose weight. Why are you having me eat more? Are you an idiot? And I get it. It is counterintuitive. And I go, well, right now your metabolism is very slow. Okay. It's damaged, not broken, but damaged. It needs to be fixed. And because it's slow, we have to get it faster. Because if, if you're eating 1800 calories and you're supposed to be at 2700, what happens if I say, okay, let's eat less to get you to lose weight? What if you do lose weight? But where, where can we go if you eat less and less and less and less? And then I have you eating 1300 calories a day. Dude, now you're wasting away at muscle. You're not going to be able to perform. You're lethargic. Where do we go from there? So basically what I need to do for this person is say, hey, immediately I got to put you in a reverse diet and start adding in calories slowly to help your metabolism. So I know that's a little tangent, but it's really important for you guys to understand because it, I don't want you to start intermittent fasting at a wrong time in your journey, okay? And if you don't know what your macros are supposed to be and you don't know what your macros are currently, here's two things you could do. Number one, start tracking. Download MyFitnessPal. It's free. It's a very easy to use app. That's what we use with all of our clients. It links directly to our training app. So our coach is going to see what people are eating. Use it. It's free. Track for seven days. 
It is extra work. It will take you weighing out your stuff and scanning the barcodes and entering stuff. Whoop de doo you're on your phone all day anyways. If you look at your screen time, guarantee you're spending an hour on Instagram and TikTok and all that crap. Anyways, you can enter your food. Stop making excuses. That's number one. Number two, if you don't know your macros, you can go to a free TDEE calculator um, on Google. Just literally type that in. Or if you want something more accurate that's going to actually kind of mold and adapt with your training schedule and your body type, hit me up. Go to PursuitHP.com and book a, a freaking free call. Or if you're watching this on Facebook or uh, or YouTube, book a free call and, and get help with nutrition, okay? Because what happens, like... I. I don't want you guys to sit there and be like, well, Coach Stefan said intermittent fasting is great and it works for all a lot of his clients. By the way, it does work really well for 85% of our clients have lost a lot of weight and uh, honestly gained muscle on it. So it works. It worked for me. I just, I found another way where I, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, it, I'm not saying I'll never go back to it, but it works. But you don't want to do it if you're already in a huge deficit. Um, you don't want to do it if you're an under eater. And if you're not going to track any of your calories, I also suggest not doing it because if you don't track calories and, and protein, you will probably be low on your protein every day, right? You'll probably eat one big meal to break your fast. You'll be full. You maybe get in one other protein shake and you're like, oh, I ate this big steak and I got in a protein shake and I also ate some string cheese and yogurt. Cool. We're talking about 50, 65, 70, 80 grams of protein. High five. Oh, that's only half of your daily protein. But you feel like, oh man, dude, within eight hours, I ate a steak, a string cheese, a Greek yogurt, and a protein shake. Sounds like a lot of protein. Those are all protein, right? 50 from the steak, 20 from the protein shake, 10 from the yogurt, and five from the string cheese. You're like, man, I'm killing it. That's 80 grams. You're supposed to be eating 180 or 160. That's the biggest issue too. So if you don't have a plan going into intermittent fasting, sure, you'll lose body fat, but you're also going to lose muscle. And if you lose muscle, you slow down your metabolism. So, you know, you got to kind of pick your poison, but you can't just go into it with a plan and just be like, I read online 16 and eight. Cool. But you, you it, that's not a gateway to, to do an easier diet. And I think that's why people do keto because, or even paleo, because they say, oh, well, I could eat whatever I want as long as it's these foods. Terrible, terrible, terrible advice. Whoever told you that, go tell them that they're they're stupid because that's not true. That's not how the body works. If you're overeating calories on keto, you'll still get fat, right? Like that's how it works and you'll feel terrible, okay? So you have to have some kind of like tracking of something to, to know what you're getting in. Like, because there's a million ways to hit your macros. You could do it through paleo. You could, I guess, do it through keto. Obviously, carbs wouldn't be part of your macros, but you could do your fats and your protein through there. But even on keto, you still have to track. Even on paleo, you still have to track. Even on intermittent fasting, you still have to track at some capacity, right? Like, you can't just arbitrarily eat. The only way you could get away from tracking is if you eat the same exact thing every day or you've tracked for so long that you become a really excellent intuitive eater and you're within probably 10% of your macros, maybe 15% every day without tracking. And that is hard. That is very hard. I've been doing this my whole life and it's still challenging for me if I don't input anything. And, and, and so make sure if you guys are doing intermittent fasting, like I said, start on the 12-12, then go to the 16-8 and you can do everything in between, right? You could do the 10-14, 
You could do whatever, like it doesn't matter. But I always tell people start off a little bit slower, assess what you're doing right now. Am I already kind of doing that by skipping breakfast? Okay, cool. I am. Am I, am I doing something closer to a 16, eight? Okay. So I really already am not eating till noon. So all I would have to do is like push it two more hours. Well, let me try that. But again, you got to track your stuff and see. And if you do it and you're like, man, I only got an 800 calories a day. Don't do intermittent fasting because you're going to be way, way, way under. You might lose weight at first, but you're going to hit a brick wall. You're going to stop and you're going to hurt your metabolism. So hopefully this was helpful guys. Hopefully this gives you some insight into intermittent fasting. Like what we do with our clients, what I did with myself. Sorry, I have like allergies and I'm sniffly today, but you know, it's springtime in Arizona and, and that's what it is. Uh, if you did like this episode, please like, comment, subscribe, share. It would be super, super helpful for me. And if you guys have specific questions, find me on social media, shoot me a DM, kind of tell me what you're doing right now. Or probably honestly, the easier way is book a free 15 minute call with me. Uh, a game planning call where I can kind of at least help point you in the right direction and see if maybe coaching would be a good fit for you guys. So uh, I appreciate it and we'll talk to you next time.